Well, hello there. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you guys today. And as always, we have our star of the show. That's Mr. Mark Wade, the president of Echelon Family Office. He's standing by. He'll be jumping on board with me in just a moment for another wealth management discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show. Uh, and if you've been spending some time recently with us here in Season 2, Mark and I recently we, we released an episode that surrounded the idea of longevity planning. You know, this conversation that we're having these days surrounding the idea of, of your wealth plan and making sure that it can see you through what might be a, an even lengthier retirement than you had initially anticipated for. Well, today we're kind of staying in that same vein of a conversation. We're talking about some smart money moves to make while you're still mentally sharp. So what do we mean by this? Well, as we age, many of us are going to experience some cognitive decline. In, in some cases, it's minor, but in other cases, it can be major, and that's important to note. So today, Mark and I are going to be looking at some you know, different ways to potentially safeguard your wealth, safeguard your assets from maybe some wealth-destroying mental money mistakes that can happen when that time comes. So, you know, really interesting conversation we've got for you guys today. A lot of good nuggets of information, uh, you know, that you could factor into your wealth plan while you're still mentally sharp to ensure that you can make it through, you know, maybe that lengthier retirement that you had then you had anticipated for. So with that being said, let's bring Mark out and get right into it. Mark, it's good to see you today. How you doing? Oh, great, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good, Mark. I, I always look forward to getting together with you. We've got some great topics that we've been covering on this show lately. And, and this is this is an interesting one, Mark. You know, it's this idea of smart money moves to make while you're still mentally sharp. And Mark, you know, it's tough to admit it, you know, but the fact is that many people can and do lose their ability to make really well-informed decisions as they get older. Talk to me. What are your thoughts on this? Well, absolutely. You know, none of us really wants to think about losing our mental edge later in life, right? But it's it's really something that we need to consider because, you know, oftentimes people experience some type of uh, decrease in their, you know, financial decision making abilities. And, you know, and that mental sharpness kind of escapes us, you know, oftentimes, sometimes in the 70s, you know, sometimes even as early as in the 60s. So, you know, when you consider that, you know, I think the number is like 10,000 Americans or you know, turning 65 every day and the baby boomers are going to hit that age, you know, pretty much all of them in the 2030s, you know, the issue of cognitive decline and then its potential negative impact on wealth, right? How much money that we're able to maintain, you know, it's it's really a serious one that many, many of us know we'll probably have to deal with in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So, so Mark, have you seen what a loss of, of mental sharpness can mean when it comes to making decisions about our wealth or other financial related matters? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the academic research shows us that, you know, our ability to be good stewards of our wealth is likely to decline as we reach into the seventies. And again, maybe as early as the sixties, you know, for example, you know, financial literacy, literacy scores, uh, uh, typically decline, uh, you know, after age 60, you know, and, and the annual rate of decline with these scores, you know, can be significant and, and similar among a variety of different cohorts that they studied. For example, not just men and, and women, right? But, uh, you know, when they study just stock owners and, and people that with just college degrees, you know, the, the results are really amazing. 
you know, and the financial decision-making peaks for most of us in our early to mid fifties, you know, and the investing skills start to decline sharply. I said, sometimes seventies, sometimes as early as sixties, you know, and, and, and one ironic thing, uh, un an unfortunate thing is that bankruptcy filings among that group rise the fastest among those age 70 and older. So, you know, even a mild decline in the cognitive performance, uh, can result in, you know, diminished financial capabilities. It's something you really need to be aware of. All right. Well, well let's, let's unpack this a little bit then, Marco. What can people be doing, uh, you know, to potentially mitigate that risk of making maybe mental errors that could negatively impact their, their financial well-being? What, what, what do you have for us today? No secret here, right? Because it, it, it's a theme that plays out in just about everything you and I talk about all the time, Ryan, and that is start as early as you can. Start early. Don't wait. You know, the ideal time to be thinking about how to protect your assets, you know, from a negative impact of, of a cognitive decline is well in advance of when that need arises, well before you start to decline. You know, based on that same data, uh, you know, during our late 40s and early 50s for most of us, uh, is really when we should take serious look at this, you know, hopefully before you're staring down dementia or some other type of cognitive health crisis. You know, the fact is you can't make a legally binding contract. You can't set up a will or any other type of legal documents like a, like a power of attorney or a trust unless you are considered to be sound mind. You have to have a sound mind. So and that essentially means that you understand the consequences of your decisions you know, and that you're acting out of your own free will. You know, if, you, if you're going to wait until cognitive decline is, has clearly, clearly taken hold of you, you know, the ability to put legal documents and strategies in place could well be denied to you and your ability to plan is gone at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark, and we talk about it a lot on this show. It's that first step that can be the most daunting step and the hardest one for people to take. So when you get started, and hopefully that is on the earlier side of your age, what would you say are the first steps that most people should be considering? My clients and, and those people who choose to become my clients are probably sick of hearing this, but we say it over and over and over. Simplify your financial life. Just like you simplify all other things in your life, simplify your financial life because it's going to be easier to keep track of your finances when you consolidate accounts that you have all over the place and do it under one roof. Uh, you know, for example, you know, you might place some or all of your investments with a single trusted advisor or merge both multiple bank accounts into one bank account. Think of it as like a house cleaning. Think of it as clutter reduction. You know, it not only can potentially help you, but it can also help those who will be of assistance to you later on, such as a family member or another type of advisor, you know, in case they need to step in and assist you down the road. Uh, another way of, of considering simplifying your financial life is to emphasize investments and other kinds of financial solutions that are relatively straightforward and easy to understand and easy to navigate. You know, it makes the ability to make complex decisions you know, later on as we're fading in age, it makes it easier for us if the circumstances surrounding the decision you have to make are simpler to start with. 
Sure, sure. And Mark, you mentioned something really interesting that I, I think it's important to hit on, and that's advisors and family members as you're approaching this this side of your life, the later side that is. How important is it in your eyes for you to be open with them about your financial situation and their wishes about your financial situation, you know, when you're up against these cognitive declining issues? How, how important is that communication? You know, this is another one of those topics that keeps uh, popping up over and over and over again, right, Ryan? You know, you need to have these conversations. We call them clarifying conversations. You really need to have them. You have to sit down with those people that you, you know, you're going to hopefully will help you navigate through your life if a capacity were, if an incapacity, sorry, were to happen. You know, if you, if your ability to make financial and other types of decisions become diminished, you know, you need to, you know, you have to identify who those people are going to be that are going to help you make good financial and healthcare and other types of decisions if a serious mental or physical health issue should occur. You know, you have to discuss your wants, your needs, and your values with those people. And, you know, you should also consider that these future caregivers and decision makers, you know, know today what your goals are, as well as how you want to be helped in the future. So they can prepare themselves to honor your wishes when that time comes. So as you drive you know, deeper into these topics, come up with a caretaking plan that's going to spell out when and you want family members assisted maybe with your advisor and other trusted uh, uh, people you know, to help take the reins from you, to help, to help in those situations where you're just not able to do it yourself anymore. And it's also a good time to open up and share some of the aspects of your financial situation and strategies and the plans you have with your heirs, you know, that way, you know, they're going to have a good understanding and, and thinking behind the, you know, the various key financial decisions you made up to that point in time. You know, you might even consider allowing them to monitor some of your accounts through a financial portal so they can be watchful for transfers or withdrawals that look suspicious now. You know, it's a, another set of eyes sometimes is a good thing. We understand it can be sensitive, but, you know, what's worse is to not have prepared in advance. Amen to that. And Mark, let's let's get into the X's and O's here yeah. now in terms of of the formal documents uh, or legal steps. What should be what should people be considering on this front? Well, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, Ryan. You know, this is kind of where what your intentions are going to meet up with the execution, right? You know, it's it's important to set up the legal documents, okay, and uh, and to review any existing ones that you already have in place some of the key documents that you're going to consider having in place, you know, in the event that you experience some type of physical or cognitive decline, you know, they're obvious, for example, a will, right? But some of the other ones maybe are not so obvious. And some people, it's, it's amazing how many clients come into our office uh, or when they become clients and they don't have what we call a full set of all the basic legal documents, the will. Another one is the durable power of attorney for finances, right? This is going to allow, you know, someone you appoint or, or multiple people that you appoint to manage your financial affairs if they need to. You know, you know, without this durable power of attorney, no one can legally handle key financial duties like paying your bills, making decisions about investment accounts and, and other such things. You know, instead, your family would have to go through a long and lengthy and perhaps expensive court process in order to get the ability to help you financially. You know, another example of a document that's so important is a healthcare directive. You know, this is the document that spells out with clear intentions to other family members and physicians about your preferred healthcare decisions and, you know, of, and related matters. 
you know, effectively removing your family from having to make life and death choices without you and without any of your guidance. So one of these, for example, is a living will, which formalizes, you know, your wishes for end of life care, surgery, ventilators, feeding tubes, and the like. Another one is a healthcare power of attorney, which gives someone, you know, the ability, someone that you choose, the authority to access your medical records and make medical decisions on your behalf if the event happens where you're unable to do so. And, and you know, which leads maybe to another type of document called a living trust. Uh, you know, uh, a revocable living trust can allow you to name a successor trustee who can take control of the assets in that trust if you become mentally or physically incapacitated. The trustee, you know, can invest these assets as well as distribute money from the trust to benefit you as the grantor of the trust, okay, and other beneficiaries that you've named in the trust, such as your family members uh, and, you know, people that you care about. Sure. And Mark, you know, this has been a lot of great information for our audience today, you know, diving into some of these strategies and solutions and things to consider. But on the flip side, I think it's equally as important to talk about maybe some of the mistakes or, or the items that are overlooked by so many people going through this process. What would you say are some of those steps that people do tend to overlook or not implemented as well as they could when they're faced with this, you know, this time in their life? Well, this is as important as all the other things, really. You know, you think about it, it's it's a simple thing, but it's such an important step to ignore is to compile your key documents and your other important financial information and legal information so that other people can easily access them, the people that you give the permission to do so. So if someone eventually needs to, you know, help in making a financial decision on your behalf, it's best to make it easy for them to step into that role to make those decisions for you. And to that end, you know, one of the things we think about is start to compile a comprehensive inventory of all your key financial information. Tell somebody you trust, ideally, this person is going to be on board with helping you when you need the help. So it's probably going to be a family member, friend, or, or maybe even an attorney, you know, tell them the location of this paperwork or the digital file and all the other details. By the way, digital assets are so commonplace nowadays, it's important to make sure you have that in, in all, the different, uh, all the different financial documentation you're going to provide. So, you know, the specific information that you compile are really going to depend on the details of your financial situation. But they're probably going to include things like assets, for example, details for checking accounts, investment accounts, annuities, business interests, real estate, uh, beneficiary designations on any qualified plans and IRAs, things like retirement accounts, um, the liabilities that you still maintain, such as mortgages, credit cards, and other types of recurring expenses. Uh, life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and other policies that are going to be so critical when they're needed, you know, desperately needed. Uh, contact information for the key people and advisors. You know, make sure that it's your 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 uh, designated helper is going to be able to know how to contact your client, your your accountant, your wealth managers, your lawyers, your physicians. And then that digital information that we spoke about, you know, and I mean, by that, I mean, you know, IDs and passwords and pins for financially related websites, you know, that you use on a, a regular basis. And even those that you don't use, it's more important to have those things available. And then, you know, the, the, 
location of, let's say, your most important documents like the will um, uh, that has an original signature, durable powers of attorneys, deed for your house, car titles, and any safe deposit box, you know, locations and keys and information. It's all important that you have somehow consolidated this information so it's found easily and it's accessible by those trusted individuals you designate. Oh, that, that, yeah, that's fantastic. I, I can see how that one can get overlooked, just making sure things are easily accessible for the people that you put in place to, to help you when that time comes. Uh, but Mark, look, as we're bringing our conversation to a head here today, I think it's worth acknowledging. The good news here is that there is so much that people can be doing right now to potentially set them up for success if they begin to experience some sort of cognitive decline down the road. You know, any final thoughts you could, you, you know, you'd like to leave us with today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, it's kind of like death and taxes, right? Those two inevitab inevitabilities. Well, you know, it's the same with this one. As long as we're alive, we're going to get older. We can't stop the aging process. You know, so it's kind of a good thing and an unfortunate thing. But, you know, the unpleasant truth is that many of us, you know, are going to likely suffer some kind of cognitive decline, you know. So by first being honest with ourselves about that possible outcome and then taking you know, some actions, you know, aimed at minimizing the potential for making wealth erasing mental mistakes later on, you know, and working with in partnership with that, you know, family member or trusted advisor to help you do so, you know, you can seek to protect the assets you've worked so hard to build and grow over your lives. And so, you know, that's, that's the last thing I'll leave you with really is, you know, all of us, or I should say, all of us are going to get older, and some of us are going to experience some type of mental decline that we need to prepare for. Well, Mark, I know it's a lot of good stuff in today's conversation. I appreciate you carving some time out to be with us. And Mark, if anybody out there in our audience is interested in reaching out to you and your team to just talk up further about this conversation and maybe start making some of those smart money moves while they're still mentally sharp, uh, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team? <clears throat> yeah, thanks, Ryan. You know, they could uh, check us out on the web at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word office.com. Uh, they can contact me directly at mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E, at echelonwealth.com, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word wealth.com. Or they could call into our office, 888-892-9882. Oh, fantastic, Mark. Well, look, again, appreciate you carving some time out to be with us today, and I'm uh, excited to be back with you on the next one. Hey, I really appreciate it, Ryan. It was a great conversation today, and I'm looking forward to the next one also. Fantastic. Well, look, hey, and before we leave, we also want to say a quick thank you to our audience, you guys, for hanging out and being with us on the show today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, maybe you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform that you checked us out on today. That way, you never miss another episode that's upcoming. Uh, you know, I've said it once, and I'll continue to say it again, and that is we're, we're tapping into Mark's nearly four decades worth of experience in the financial services sector. We're talking to the same strategies, solutions, and really just conversations that Mark is having with his clients on a regular basis. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. And by subscribing to the show, that way you can never miss out on a future conversation that could be beneficial to you and yours. So for Mark, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you guys being with us here on today's installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. <laughs>